Hey everybody, Matt Camp here with Deal Machine. Uh, we're proud to team up with Tom Zeeb here to give you guys a ton of free stuff. So our goal here is to give you the free toolkit to get out there and start finding off-market deals. Um, we're proud to say we're the highest rated and most reviewed app out there to go find off-market deals. And we've had over 10,000 deals done using the Deal Machine app. Now, when you download it, you can get it for free at tomzeeb.com slash dealmachine, and you'll get a seven-day free trial with that. And jumping into Deal Machine, you'll be able to go out there, start driving for dollars, start pulling lists, start finding the most motivated sellers in your market. And then you can start marketing to them directly. You can skip trace, you can send them postcards, you can knock on their door. There's a variety of things that we can help you out with using our technology. And then from there, you can actually evaluate the deals, You know, comp it, use our AI assistant to help you out there as well. You really to get the full toolkit to go from you know having no real estate experience to landing your first deal using technology. So it's tomzeeb.com slash deal machine for that free trial. With it, if you go through that link, you're going to get $30 free in marketing credits that cover a couple hundred free skip traces or 50 free postcards, give you everything that you need to start reaching out to sellers. So um, get out there and happy deal finding. First thing is to understand what is the purpose of a good message. And the purpose of a good message is to get the attention and the interest of your ideal client. Now, fortunately, I mean, that may sound like a tall order. So the good news is that there are only two things that anybody is interested in. Only two things that get the attention of your ideal client. And that is if you talk about, number one, a problem they have and don't want, and or if you talk about a result they want and don't have. Real estate negotiation is a mystery to most people. It doesn't come naturally, and it isn't taught in school. Yet it's the key to getting what you want in business and life. If you're ready to learn the art and science of effective real estate negotiation and want to learn what it takes to become a successful real estate entrepreneur, then you're in the right place. This is the art and science of real estate negotiation with your host, founder of Traction Real Estate Mentors and president of the Traction Real Estate Investors Association, Tom Zeeb. Welcome back to the Art and Science of Real Estate Negotiation podcast with Tom Zeeb, your host with Traction Real Estate Mentors. Very happy to have a special guest with us today, someone who helped me enormously getting my business moving at a much faster speed by focusing on marketing and the marketing message. Now, I know this is a podcast on negotiations, so what does marketing have to do with it? Well, the answer is quite honestly, a lot. Because the beginning phases of negotiation are completely overlapped with the phases from marketing. And if you do a good job in marketing and get the message right, and you're finding you're bringing the right people into your circle and bringing the right people into your business, whether that be a real estate business and its motivated sellers or any sort of business, right? You bring the right customers in, it's easier to negotiate with them because they already want what it is you're trying to get them to say yes to. So that's why we have none other than Dove Gordon with us today. Hey, Dove. Hello, Tom. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. So tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, what you do, and then I want to have some conversations. Currently, what I do is I run a group at ProfitableRelationships.com. We have a community we call the Joint Venture Marketing Mastermind, and we're a community of people who market and sell to small business consultant coaches, agency owners, and so on using online direct marketing. And that's my focus. That's what we do currently. Over the years, I've done all kinds of business consulting and coaching and work with, and I still do work with consultants and coaches and so on in a one-on-one basis to help them create a consistent flow of ideal clients. That's me. Fantastic. And what people may not know is that 
you are the one who came up with the name for Traction. So Traction Real Estate Mentors, Traction Real Estate Investors Association. You are the man behind the curtain on that. That was not my idea. That was your idea. Well, it's a conversation we had, right? Because you're looking to understand what is it that you know your ideal member is looking for. And as I recall, because this is quite a number of years ago, what you shared with me was that, well, you think a lot of them, they have a lot of knowledge and a lot of information. They know how to do a lot of things, but they're still struggling to, you know, to gain traction. I might've heard you say the word, I don't remember exactly. And then I said, well, what if we call it traction? You know, and I think we had the somewhat slightly cheesy phrase of from spinning your wheels to profitable deals. I don't know if you still use that, but I do. it is yeah, slightly cheesy, it, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it does capture the key idea. So that's, um, that's good. Right. It does capture it. So let's take this idea of getting a marketing message down for whatever business someone's in. Most of my listeners are going to be focusing on building their real estate investment businesses, but in general, developing a marketing message, talk us through it. What's important about it? What angle are you looking for? How do you go about developing a marketing message? Developing a marketing message is, first of all, you have to realize that the goal of the message, which is the first goal of anything marketing related, is to get the attention and interest of your ideal client. So they come across your message. It's to get them to get their attention and interest. Now, attention, a lot of things will get your attention. If you hear loud noise, it'll get your attention. And then when you realize there's no big deal, you'll go back to what you were doing. You know, didn't quite get your interest. If I send you some, you know, corny YouTube video or interesting YouTube video, you might watch it and then go back to what you were doing. Got your attention, but didn't lead you to change your plans. A good marketing message will lead you to change your plans and take a step towards me or towards whoever's putting out the message. So for example, if you and I were at a conference, we're at a convention of some kind, and you know, we notice you know, a booth over there because they have this sign up and hey, that's interesting. Let's go have a look and see what that is. So we were heading you know, straight in this direction. We noticed something, we weren't planning to turn right. We changed our plans and we head off to the right. So the f- first thing is to understand what is the purpose of a good message. And the purpose of a good message is to get the attention and the interest of your ideal client. Now, fortunately, I mean, that may sound like a tall order. So the good news is that there are only two things that anybody is interested in. Only two things that get the attention of your ideal client. And that is if you talk about, number one, a problem they have and don't want, and or if you talk about a result they want and don't have. So if you talk about a problem they have and don't want, you'll get their attention and their interest. And if you talk about a result they want and don't have, you'll get their attention and interest. So, you know, like, if you talk about, I was just talking to somebody, so it's fresh on my mind, you know, she helps people with their, you know, align their subconscious with their goals that they want, which sounds kind of interesting, um, I suppose, but that's an example of something where there's so many different directions you can take it, so many different potential problems you can help solve, results you can enable. If you do not focus on something, then it's unlikely to be an effective message. So, The point is that you might have some skill, some ability that can serve lots of different people. However, you have to realize that because each one of us, we only have, you know, I'm not going out there thinking that my subconscious, this or that, but I might be waking up in the morning concerned that, uh, and this is an example that she gave me as someone she was helping. You know, I, this is not me, but in my late forties, no relationship and a job and I'm not treated well, boss doesn't treat me well. And it's time for a change, you know. Fortunately, I, you know, I'm married and six kids, so that's not it. <laughs> running my own business, but that's an mm-hmm. example, and nothing wrong with that, right? And that obviously, we all have our challenges. I don't 
at all claim to have it all figured out. I do not. But that's so this person came to her and was working with her. And within 90 days, she really helped him to where he's now working in a different part of the company. He's more involved in his community, things that he wanted. And, you know, so that's he had some very specific problems that he had wanted solved. It wasn't necessarily about aligning his subconscious because the, so the challenge is, is that if we talk about what we do, when we will not necessarily get the attention and interest of our ideal clients. If we talk about a problem they have and don't want, a result they want and don't have, we will get their attention and interest. Now, you know real estate, obviously, way better than I do. So when it comes to messaging, I imagine we're talking about for, you know, for sellers, right? Or for buyers, I guess, right? Mostly motivated sellers, the main motiv- creative. So, so the question is like, what's the problem that a, you know, a, an ideal seller has that makes them motivated? What's the problem they have and they want? What's the result they want and don't have? That if they come across your message, they're going to connect and say, wow, you're speaking out loud exactly what's going through my mind, right? I think that's the key distinction, isn't it? That the conversation is now about them, their problems, the problem they have and don't want, the result they're after but don't have. And not what most people do at the beginning is, hi, my name is Tom. I'm with, uh, you know, happy home buyers. And I want to, uh, this property, because this is what we do, me, 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 when it shouldn't be about you, it should be about them. Specifically about you're speaking aloud, a problem they have and don't want, a result they want and don't have, as they would express it, articulate it to a friend. So think about you know this this ideal motivated seller, right? What would they say at the end of a long day over a beer with a close friend? How would they describe their situation? That's the conversation you want to have right? that level yeah. of. You want to be speaking it out. You want to be speaking it out loud. Some the you know, similarly to the way they would be speaking it, and that's you know that's what we're doing with you know traction. You know traction real estate uh, investors association, right? Urea. It's all about going from spinning your wheels to profitable deals. You're speaking aloud what people are frustrated by. You know, let's say we can easily imagine, and I'm sure that you've heard, you know, and I know that over the years people have said it's a good name and the message really talked to them. And I imagine if they were meeting with uh again, we got it from here from conversations that you'd had with members and were sharing with me. So we just just like you, you know, you were sharing what you'd heard and I was just knew what I was looking for. Right. Right. In terms of the insights. And that is describing a problem that they have and don't want result they want and don't have. I want to be able to stop, you know, like I, I already know so much. I want to be able to turn that knowledge into income, profit, good deals. So that's an example of it. Whereas if you just say, you know, come learn how to succeed at real estate investing, it's way less specific. It will yeah. talk to some people, no doubt, for sure. But the member who's already feeling like, you know, I already know a lot. Like, why should I go to just an, to another real right. estate investor association and another RIA meeting or another seminar or workshop? And then they hear, oh, from, you know, this for, from spinning your wheels, profitable deals. We understand that for you, it's not just about more information. You need to figure out how to take that information and turn it into traction, into movement forward, success, deals. Yeah. So oh, okay. You guys. All right, so let me go give you a shot. And then once they're in your door, I'm sure most people have a good experience and want to come back. That's always the biggest the biggest challenge is to get started, to, to get that first chance with people. And we do the same with motivated sellers, marketing as investors. If you stick to the generic message, yeah, some people respond. Usually if they're advanced enough, I mean, advanced enough in terms of uh, motivation, they're desperate enough, they'll respond to a generic 
kind of quote unquote, we buy houses message, but that's generic. The more specific mm-hmm. you can get about what their actual problem is, because we buy houses about, well, that's what I do. When you start talking about, are you in probate or are you in foreclosure? Have you inherited a property? Do you need help with this? Are you getting divorced? Right? You get into the their problem, the conversation going on in their mind, that's when you're going to get the really good motivated sellers. Absolutely. And that makes a difference. So don't tell me, when you're trying to find these people, I think there's a difference you've said to me before about how you go after a motivated seller, how you go after a target market. Are you chasing those people or are you trying to attract those people? And which one do you choose and what's the difference? Well, I think most of us would much rather attract, right? And you attract with a simple, compelling, head-turning message, right? I mean, chasing is exhausting. We all have to do some chasing from time to time, I suppose, right? I mean, you know, that that sometimes you got to work the phones. You got to sometimes pound the pavement, knock on doors, I imagine. And the uh, whatever the equivalent of that is in whatever business you're in. But yeah, I mean, you remind me of something specific that you had in mind, but it's that when you have that message, you have a simple, compelling, head-turning message that leads people to come towards you. What do you try to do to boil a, a message down to be simple and compelling? Because I think a lot of people start off wordy and confusing, and we're trying to get to a simplicity. How? What's the process for that? So let me pull up. I have a process that I call my seven magical message filters, and I'm just going to pull that up here so that I can walk you through it if you like. Sure. The first thing that you really need to be sure of, I think of this, first of all, in order to craft a simple head-turning, compelling message, you know, I think of it as, as t- starting with your core message, your core idea, and taking it through seven filters. And you really want it to pass from one to the next. If it goes through all seven filters, you've got a simple head-turning, compelling message. So the first thing is, are you talking about a solution, meaning a methodology, or are you talking about a problem they have and don't want or a result they want and don't have? So it has to be like, oh, you know, you want to be talking about a result, a problem they have and don't want and or a result they want and don't have. If you're not talking about that, then you're not going to, you're, again, you're talking about yourself, like you said before. So you've got to be talking about a problem they have and don't want. So and what would be an example of a seller's problem, problem that a seller has? Problem that a seller has, they, let's say they've inherited a property from a grandparent. And okay. it's out of town. They don't live in that town anymore. And they've, they've got this property that there's value to it, but there's also a lot of headache to dealing with it. Okay. So, and before we go further, what's a typical message that you see real estate investors putting out there that you know is not likely to work? It just sounds like everybody else. And it's... What's a typical message? I think the most typical one is the plain old, we buy houses. Okay. So we buy houses and that doesn't work. So well, you're saying, okay. Occasionally. So we buy houses. Well. All right. So let's say we buy houses is one. And the other one was, and the other options that people are going through, like you said, divorce or they inherited a house or. Right? Yeah. Okay. So we buy houses. Let's take that through filter one. Is it a solution or methodology mask, or is it a problem they have and they want results they want them to have? It could qualify as a problem, you know, as solving a problem, right? But it's at a very high level, you know, and that's why it works sometimes, but it's kind of up there. If you say, did you just inherit a home or are you going through divorce and need to get the maximum value out of your home? Something like that. Now we're talking about a problem they have and don't want result of one don't have. It's much, much more specific, much more down, kind of down to the ground, so to speak, because that's at the level that the person is thinking about it. 
right? When the person is thinking, well, I need to, we need to sell the house and get the most we can out of it. Like, okay, there's all, maybe we need a good agent, right? But when they come across the message of, did you inherit or did you, are you going through divorce and need to, to get the maximum sale value out of your house, something to that effect, that's now you're meeting them exactly as they're thinking about it in their own mind. And when you can articulate what somebody is experiencing or thinking, as well as or better than more clearly than they're saying it to themselves, then they're thinking, wow, you just said what I'm thinking better than I'm thinking it, more clearly than I'm thinking it. You really get me. You really understand me. And that's what people want. We want to feel understood. When people feel that you understand them, you have a huge advantage. And not only that, but we tend to assume that if someone understands us, we assume often not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily make sense, not necessarily true, but we assume that they also know what we should do. So they say, wow, you really get me, Tom. What should I do? How do I sell this house to get the maximum value? Okay. Or maybe you're, you know, or maybe if you're an investor, maybe you don't want to give them the impression that it's going to be the best price, but you want to give them like the best speed or the best terms, right? Or sell it fast, right? The best um, solving of the problem. So that's yes. it. If I can communicate to them and put their problem, their issue into words better than even they can. Like I'm literally pulling it out of them and they're going, yes, that's what they wish they would have said. Then they naturally assume I have the answer. And therefore, right. I'm the only logical choice for who they want to work with for selling the property. Because not only is it logical, but it's also emotional. And the emotion comes from that you're giving me the feeling that you understand me. And very few people have that feeling of being understood very often. You know, it's unfortunate. Most people, most of us, most of the time do not feel like we're understood by, you know, people around us or, you know, customers, clients, family, whatever it might be. And that's the way it is. So like we're, we all want to work with the person who we feel gets us. And a lot of people in the marketing and sales world, like they know that we all know it's a basic psychological insight and people are trying to kind of con you will also try to give you that feeling that they understand you. So sometimes it's very transparent and you know, you're talking to somebody who is trying hard to say all the right things to make you feel like they care about you or they understand you. And you can immediately tell you just want my money, right? It's so <laughs> transparent. That person is trying to, you know, play a game here, a psychological game, and you're able to see through it. But other times it's genuine, right? When it's genuine, we can also sense that we can feel that. Every now and then you'll come across a really good con artist who can, you know, comes across as genuine, but really just wants your money. Obviously, that's a different conversation. But, you know, so over here, like when you give somebody the feeling like, wow, yeah, you understand me. You understand that I'm going through a rough time and I need someone who's going to help me navigate this part of it as, as effectively as, as possible to get me the best terms or best whatever, best price and as fast as possible, whatever they need, then wow, I, I can tell from the way you articulated it that you get my situation. So like, what do you recommend? I want to know what you recommend. And then once you make a recommendation, my question is going to be, well, wow, is what you recommend, you know, is that a deal? Like, is it easier for me to say yes than to say no? Yeah, that's the offer part. You're making me an offer that should be, you know, it's an easy yes offer. Make it easier for me to say yes than to say no. So that's uh, so filter number one. Are we talking about a problem they have in the one, a result the one don't have? Or are we talking about some method? Right. So, and I'd say that, you know, obviously, if you say, we, you know, something along the lines of, how did you say it before about the, you, you're going through divorce and need to sell your house fast that, or something? That's one 
potential. They've inherited the properties and other potential. They're have you inherited a property interest. and what? And what's the problem that they're having with it? Oh, they've inherited a property. Let's say it's in another state or it's far away. The place oh, okay. is mess. They're busy with their own life back wherever they live. And they know they need to sell this property. They know they don't want to hold on to it, but it's not necessarily that easy. It might be full of, you know, all of grandma and grandpa's stuff and they got to get rid of it. So those are the okay. kinds of situations we come up with or come up against a lot. Right. So that so we're, we'd be looking for that type of, you know, a way of articulating that in a clear and concise way. So that great. So we're, once we know that we're talking about a problem more than a result, we want to take it through filters too and see if it makes it through. So filter two, is it observable? How would you know it when you see it? All right. So again, like when, when we're talking about you know, for, to go back to the other example I mentioned earlier, like, okay, how to align your subconscious mind with your goals, right? How would I know if my subconscious mind is aligned with my goals? I don't really know, right? I don't know. So, but so it's a difficult message, difficult angle because people hear it and they don't instantly connect it to what really, you know, the problem they really have and don't want, result they want and don't have. So you really want to say instead something along the lines of, you know, we, we help, help you become that become the one who who easily gets a valuable promotion, you know, or something like that, right? We help you and become the one. That kind of implies that we're talking to somebody who recognizes that my promotion is not just about some trick. It's about me growing myself, right? So in other words, that person recognizes that the problem I have to want really rests with me. Now, when I work with them, we might be working to align their subconscious, whatever the heck that means. Okay. And I don't mean to dismiss it because I do think, I do understand that there's, no, I, I think there's a lot there. It's just that it, you know, you want to try to pin it down. So, but if I'm going to put that out as a message, it's like, okay, so, you know, how to stop getting in the way of your own, of your own next promotion. Right. For example, like, so that would be a message. Now I'm not talking about my methodology. My methodology might be very much about using, you know, subconscious alignment techniques. Okay. But, you know, if we're all going for surgery, I mean, we don't really care what tool the surgeon is using. We don't even necessarily know if the surgeon is, is saying, well, you know, I use this type of scalpel or that type. Not, I don't you know, care. What I, I, I don't care. I just, I just want to know, you know, how to heart. use it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to know that you know what you're doing. Right. Now, for, uh, by contrast, you know, if, if a dentist is promoting, let's say, laser dentistry as pain-free, and I've never tried it, so I don't know, but I, or some type of pain-free, you no, know, that's now what the dentist is actually saying there. And the message is that, wow, if you don't like going to the dentist because of the pain involved, I have a method that you'll be much more comfortable with. And because I'm telling you about the mechanism I'm using, in this case, like, you know, laser drill or whatever it might be, again, I don't know. So that creates credibility that creates believability so i could believe that you have this tool that i have not yet tried and it'll get me to to pick up the phone and call you or to respond to your ad or come into your office okay whatever mm -hmm. it might be although interestingly talking about that tool i also seems to be talking about the better you know the problem they have you know they have a problem with the tooth they have a problem <laughs> with pain exactly but that and that's that there's results so that's interesting that that particular message almost blends your ability to talk about a feature, but actually be talking about the benefit. Exactly. Yeah. And that is exactly what I want to highlight because even though they're mentioning the tool, it's only effective because they're actually helping me see, because they're talking to the problem I have in the want, which is I want to avoid pain at the dentist, right? 
And the result I wanted to have is some kind of painless dentistry or something like that. Hmm. So that's exactly. So then, so that's, is it observable? That's filter number two. Is it observable? How do we notice when we see it? So, you know, like that, I was giving, I was going into that to give the example of somebody like how to get out of your own way and get that raise you want or something like that. Right. So now that's observable because I could see that I'm getting in my own way. I kind of picture that in my mind. I realize like I'm just doing things or I'm being lazy or I'm not, you know, I'm showing up later. Like, and I know it's my fault. And that would be an example of it. All right. In terms of the messaging about, are you going through divorce and need to sell quickly? It's observable. We can immediately see what we're talking about. We buy houses is also observable. So again, the reason that works to some degree is because it's not a terrible message, but it's not going to differentiate you. It's not going to instantly give them that feeling of like, wow, you get me. It's just going to say, oh, okay, you're also on my list of people to call. Maybe I get to you if the first person I call doesn't really impress me, right? So that's filter number two. Filter number three is what do they believe is causing their problem? What do they believe will enable the result? And this is a really important one. I'll give an example outside real estate, and then we'll see how we might apply it inside real estate. You know, let's say again, let's say you're a financial expert, a consultant, financial consultant. Let's say you're an outsourced CFO and you, you know, and you work with companies on whatever it might be. So you want to work with people on cash flow, right? So does, you know, we help you improve your cash flow. Now, your ideal client could be somebody who, you know, they have a product that's not selling anymore like it used to, right? And they're struggling with cash flow and you can help them. However, in his mind, he doesn't believe that his problem is a cash flow problem. Yes, I know I'm having cash flow problems, but I know that, but I believe that my problem is that our products aren't performing. So I'm just like looking to figure out how to improve sales, let's say, right? So if you come and you're talking about how to improve your cash flow, I won't even necessarily hear you. And obviously I'm making this up as we go along, right? So it's not be perfect. But the point is that if I'm a CFO, I would do much better to say, are you experiencing cash flow problems because your products are no longer selling as they used to because of a shift in the market or something like that? Now I will be able to get their attention and interest. Now, I know a lot of people will say, but that's really specific. I can help a lot of people with cash flow. My answer is, okay, great. So you want to really have a small number of one, two, three different, very specific problems you help solve, results you enable that you're using in your marketing. Because if you just talk about cash flow, again, like we sell houses, you might get some people reaching out to you, but they're likely not your ideal clients. And you may not really talk to your ideal clients at all, right? Again, because you got to get that level of specificity. So filter number three is what do they believe is causing their problem? What they believe will enable the result. When it comes to real estate, what do they believe will prevent them from selling the way they want to sell, getting the terms they want? This, the, you know, whether it's a speedy sale or a price or whatever it might be. And if you can include some aspect of that in your message, you have a much better chance of getting their attention and interest. Okay? Almost like you're handling the objection up front in the message. Right, exactly. Right. Now I want to keep, I want to make it clear, like you don't necessarily always have to get that in the first, you know, your headline, because if you try to put too much into that first message, whether it's on a billboard or whatever, it becomes too much, but you want this insight. And let's say a lot of times we'll uncover insights into, you know, like this would apply to the traction message in a sense, right? So like, you know, we got three filters, one, two, and three. And like, what do they believe? The problem is that they're spinning, you know, they're not really getting anywhere. What do they believe is causing it? 
what do they believe is causing it? Well, I believe that I just, I intellectually understand a lot of this, but when it comes to doing it, I have questions and I don't have anywhere to turn or something along those lines, right? Okay. So, well, oh, okay. Well, if you can address that in your messaging, they're much more likely to respond because, wow, you really got me. Like, you're not just like saying the same thing as everybody else. You're one layer, two layers, three layers deeper. You're peeling the onion, getting into my mind and articulating my problem, the problem I have and the want, result I want and don't have better than I could myself. Wow. You really get me. What do you recommend? Okay. Once you have that, if your message is passing through filter three, filter four is so what? So what? Why does it matter that they have this problem? Why does it matter that they want that result? What's the consequence? And as clear as you can be about what those consequences might be. So let's say they're going through divorce and they want to sell fast. So what? Why does it matter? Right? So you can move on with the rest of your life. I don't know. Again, I just want to throw that out there. Again, that may not necessarily influence your leading message, but it might lead, you know, might be a sub message that you find that you use in conversation in some additional paragraphs or however it is that you're getting in front of your ideal client in videos. Filter number five is why now? Why does it matter now? Right? What makes it important that they resolve this issue quickly? And again, you can say, well, you're getting divorced. Okay. Still, right? So what? Why does it matter? And why now? And the deeper, the more insight you have into that, then the more likely you are to have a simple, compelling, head-turning message. Then filter number six is it focused on a single idea. You want to make sure you're focused on a single idea. If you have too many ideas in that message, it's like, you know, like not only, you know, how to get out of the way of your own raise and improve your relationships while working three hours a day or I don't know, whatever. So there's just like too much there. It just confuses the brain. It's like, yeah. whoa, 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 what? You just jumped. I don't remember what the first thing was before you get to the second. And by the time you get to the third, so you really want to keep it clear and simple. The more you try to load in there, the less effective it's going to be. And again, people try to load too much into their messages. They try to be too high level, not down, you know, two, three levels down, but they try to be too high and too. And the problem is it's just too meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. If you try to put too much into it, you lose people. All right. And the reason we do that is because, well, there's so many people I could help and they don't all have the same exact problem. Okay, true. But the more you put in there, the fewer people you, who are going to even hear and notice your message. So you got to work with human psychology. And lastly is what I call the cup of coffee test or the pint of beer test, which is, are, is your message as you're describing it, would your ideal client, would they articulate it the way you're, you know, way you are when sitting down with a friend for a cup of coffee or a pint of beer, right? And, you know, would your ideal client say something like, hey, you know, I'm just spinning my wheels with this real estate thing. I feel like I have so much information, like I got all that information and like I keep I'm to the point where I'm going to more seminars and workshops, reading more books. I'm hearing the same stuff over again. I still just can't figure out how to make it actually work for me. Okay, you should come to Traction, Rhea, because we get that and that's our focus, right? Absolutely. And, you know, with the, you know, do you, you know, want to sell your house? Are you getting divorced? We can definitely hear it where somebody would say, yeah, look, you know, this divorce is really a stressor. And you know, one of the biggest issues is getting, you know, how we can deal with the house, right? You know, like I want to keep it or she wants to keep it, but like, how are we going to do this? And I don't, I don't know. We just don't even know how quite how to approach it. And then, you know, as they're walking out of the bar, you see a, a thing that says, you know, you're getting divorced and need to figure out what to do with your house and need the best thing for your house. 
whoa, I mean, they'll be on the phone with you before they you know, get back to their car. So because they've just described it to their friend that way, or they would describe it in that kind of way, imaginary, right? If they were sitting down with a friend, if you can meet the cup of coffee test and you've run through these filters, then you know you have a simple, compelling, head-turning message. Oh, I love it. So that's a masterclass in crafting a proper marketing message. And I think that's the whole episode, but that section in particular is worth a listen again multiple times to let that sink in. Well, that we I actually do have a masterclass where I teach this. So it's called the Simple Compelling Message Masterclass. I teach this method. So, but that, the, the truth is, like, I'll we have, we have another five hours of me actually taking people through it, like recordings of me taking people through it so that you get like it really goes deep into your head. But yes, and we call it a masterclass. So that's what it is. Yeah. But absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes on this as well. And so, what, so, a couple of other things. First thing I'm thinking of is how much I started off saying, what's marketing got to do with negotiation, right? We're talking more about negotiation marketing. There's massive overlap. I break negotiation down into three major sections. The first one is pinpoint. So you pinpoint the problem. The second one is package to package up a solution that would work for them. Then the third point is really the pure negotiation, which is persuade, persuade them to say yes to you. But those mm -hmm. first two parts, you just went through the pinpointing and building a package, packaging up a solution that would work. So in many ways that the marketing done right is already knocking out the first two out of three phases of your negotiation. Definitely overlap for sure. Yeah, there's a nice kind of symbiotic relationship there. The other things I want to cover, though, is some kind of business mindset or philosophical points that I know that you've been big on from what you've taught me over the years as well. And one of those is everybody's in a rush, right? They want to get to the finish line and they want to get this done. And there's sometimes a lack of patience, which doesn't usually do anyone any favors. So talk about the difference between pushing and a sense of urgency. Yeah. Okay. I think rushing in a sense of urgency is probably how you heard it from me. Yeah. So, exactly. you know, I realized this quite a number of years ago that there's a distinction between rushing and a sense of urgency. And, you know, rushing is where you try to make something go faster than it's naturally able to go. And a sense of urgency is where you don't allow things to take longer than they, you know, than they need. So might have been inspired by something I heard from years ago from Stephen Covey, where he talked about like you can't rush the wheat crop, I think, or the corn or something to that effect. Like you can't rush certain things. And when you try to rush them, it just comes back to bite you. It doesn't work. If you try to rush learning a skill that needs time or practice, it's not going to work. You can't just rush certain things. Some things, though, like you don't want to let in having a sense of urgency, though, about it is to make sure that you don't let things take any longer than they need. So, yeah. Rushing sloppy leads to mistakes doesn't really get you to where you think you want to be. But having a sense of urgency is keeping the importance of what you're doing, keeping the focus, make sure you're circling back on your business. I know a lot yeah. of people have a hard time as they get going as entrepreneurs. They still have to balance it, maybe with a day job, certainly with the family life and the personal life and things. Like that. And right. how do you make sure you don't? let your business just float away because you're not getting enough action fast enough. Well, everyone's got to find their balance. You know, there's no one right answer for that. I mean, there are skills we can learn for, you know, finding the right balance and so on. But then there's also the giving ourselves permission to move forward imperfectly. You know, sometimes we're waiting around, trying to get waiting until things are, until we're ready. And well, the truth is we're never going to be fully ready. You only get ready when you're out there doing. So we have to do our preparation. You know, there's like, there's preparing, studying, 
and then just going out there in the real world and doing it. And, you know, you can only learn so much from books and courses and so on. You have to go out. But once you have a, you know, some foundation, you got to go out into the real world and test it and learn from real experience, get your, you know, teeth kicked in a little bit. There's no other way. And people do tend to rush and try to go out and do things before they're ready. Then they go back and say, oh, I guess I must need more knowledge or information. And that often, you know, so then we go in, but then we get stuck in the learning mode because we realize that this is harder than we expected. And we're not in a, we're not eager to have our teeth kicked in again. That was quite painful. So now we kind of, you know, do all sorts of things that avoid the direct going out there, even though now we have the information and we need that sense of urgency that keeps us moving. So we have all sorts of, you know, we're each our own worst enemy and often we need to get out of our own head and, you know, good coach, good friend. These are all things that can help us get out of our own heads, good conversations with people. I don't think any of us can really do it alone. Even when we can help somebody with these things, we all need some help. None of us is fully independent in these things. We all need to get out of our own head and be challenged. It's fantastic. I agree totally. Dove, how can people get in touch with you for more information about what you've said? ProfitableRelationships.com is, like I said, my main thing. Dove, D-O-V at ProfitableRelationships.com. And you can send me an email. And if they have a question, I'm happy to try to help. Terrific. Dove Gordon, totally awesome. Thank you very much for your time, your expertise. I think that's I said so many levels of deepness there to go into. And if you're trying to clarify your marketing message to make your entire real estate negotiation process easier, go back through that again and make sure everything's passing through those seven-step processes. That's terrific. Dove, thanks for everything. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for listening. Your next step is to visit TomZeeb.com. There you'll find full show notes for this episode and all past episodes. Make sure you download a free copy of the Deal Flow Maximizer. This free resource will show you the five key marketing elements to get your first five deals. And if you're enjoying this content, share it with a friend and leave us a rating and a review. We'll be sure to read those out on future episodes.